Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Good evening, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. Hello everyone, this is Terry with the After Halloween version of Terry's Mysterious Moments. It's November 1st, and I welcome you to the show. I want to do a few things. They're repeats of stories that I've done before, but I wanted to put them all together with a, a couple of other stories that I've got. If you've not been with me since the beginning, you'll hear something new. If you have, you'll hear something you've heard before, but I hope you enjoy it all the same. The first thing I want to read you is a story that I wrote back in college. I'm not sure exactly where this story came from. It's just something I made up. It says I copyrighted it somewhere back in 1985, so that's well within the time I was at college. It's called Wave of the Future. It's not a particularly scary, it's something more like a Twilight Zone-ish type story. So give it a listen, see what you think. This is Wave of the Future. But why? Procedure. That's it? Procedure? Yes, sir. But who gives procedure? The company. Do you realize that you're a droning, boring automaton used as a pawn? If you say so, sir. Do you have feelings? No, sir. Why not? Why? That's it. I've had it. I worked myself to near exhaustion for 25 years. And what thanks do I get? Retirement. Yes, sir. I've heard it before. I'm sure you have, you dullard. Sir, I don't see why your type must always complain when you are replaced. It is only natural for better workers to be hired to replace non-productive ones. I cannot apologize. It is not in my teaching for being technology's latest advance in a worker. It is for the betterment of the company and ultimately ourselves, that constant updating will continue. I can foresee that even I, as advanced as I am, should be replaced in the future. So please, sir, save yourself an ailment and just go along with it. I don't believe this. Top worker for the last 15 years and I get replaced. This must be some mistake. Do you think it could be a mistake? No, sir. We don't make mistakes. Only your type makes mistakes. We can only follow out your orders. Now, sir, please, come along. Retirement is waiting. Yes, I know. Retirement. Yes. Procedure. Yes. For the good of the company. Yes. Oh, here we are. This is it then. Yes, sir, your retirement is through that door. Oh, well. Good luck to you, wave of the future. Never thought I'd be replaced by 
a human. The human smiled as the compactor crushed the old computer into a slab. Wave of the future. Maybe those old computers are good for something after all. The human turned to leave. The next story is a story I told about a place near my hometown that I spent a very spooky night at one night. So here's a story that I call Baby Cry. I have a short story for you about a small country church I know of up in central Texas outside of Bryan College Station. It's fairly off the road if you can say that. It's back in the country. Uh, there is a nice farm to market type road that goes in front of the church. And on the other side of the roadway is a cemetery. Now the cemetery as I remember it and I could be wrong, but as I remember, it was an odd shape like a triangle. The church is reflective of the time it was built. It's a wooden church, a nice little place, well kept, very active, very active church members. And the cemetery is not overgrown. It's not neglected. It's well taken care of, too. We had a conference there of college students, and the pastor was telling us that at nights when he was there alone, he was unmarried, at nights when he was there alone, he would hear babies crying, and it would be coming from across the street at the cemetery. And he told us the story of one time he heard someone creeping around the, the church building. I don't know if it was inside or outside, but he heard someone creeping around and grabbed his shotgun and went searching for whoever it was that was playing cat burglar type individual but said when he was outside he heard the babies crying from across the street i don't know that they ever went in and did any kind of investigation but uh he did go into the cemetery of course at times in the daytime and he said there were baby graves at the back of the cemetery so this was just something that they would hear out in the deal now we we were there for the conference we spent the night we didn't hear them but there were other noises you know tree frogs and crickets and and katydids and all kinds of other bugs but we did not hear the babies crying that night but he said it happened quite regularly when he was there alone This is a story that I told before mysterious moments became fact. It happened when I was working for a large retailer. So enjoy this one. It's called Big Box Boo. Several years ago, I worked at one of the well-known big box stores. And I had some odd experiences there. And was told about some odd experiences there. And I want to share those with you. Early one morning, I was working at the far end of the teller line, of the cashier line. I was the only one on that end of the cashier line. And I heard my name being called from the doorway. Well, I looked around and there was no one there. The beauty shop was not open. The vision center was not open. There were no other, there were no customers there was no one who would have been calling me from that doorway. The 
building was built on the site of an old hotel that had existed for years in San Antonio and had become shuttered and derelict, thus becoming the haven for homeless people and other folks who go to places like that for whatever reasons. Uh, there was a report of a little girl who died in a, in a pool of water on the property, but that's, you know, could be, could, could not be, I don't know. There are also reports of Indian massacres in the area back in the early days of San Antonio. The little girl apparently appeared audibly anyway in the warehouse area. The warehouse workers would report that they would hear the, the bouncing of a ball and the sound of a little girl laughing. And they just passed it on as information. They, they weren't scared by it. And there was definitely no fright effect from it. But one night they were expect uh, they were preparing for a large inspection so they waxed the concrete floor in the back and got everybody out so there was no one in the warehouse. And the security man said while well, he was watching the footage because they did have to review every so often while he was watching the footage you could see the impression of a ball bouncing on the wet wax. You didn't see the ball, you didn't see the girl, but you saw these round impressions like a ball being bounced in the wet wax. And there was another part of the warehouse in the automotive area, had its own little warehouse, that the cameras were mounted 10 to 12 feet up on the wall to cover the whole area. And he was reviewing the tape to find out why the lights kept getting turned on. They were supposed to have them off at night after they closed. Well, he was reviewing the tape and he saw the, you know, saw the time stamp where they would lock up and the lights went off. And a little while later, the lights came on and this hand appeared in front of the camera like, is this thing on? You know, you run your hand in front of the camera and then it disappeared. Well, he stopped it and rewound it and ran it again, and it didn't happen. Now, he was watching a pre-recorded bit of security footage. So why didn't the hand appear the second time, or the third time, or the fourth time? But it did appear the first time. <clears throat> Another report came to us from the beauty salon that was in front of the building, on the same end where I heard my name being called. One of the uh, hairdressers was with a customer and he said he saw out of the corner of his eye a customer stick their head around the wall that was where the person that set the appointments stood. And he looked over his shoulder and said he saw this little old lady with long gray hair and he said, I'll be with you in just a moment and said she went back behind the wall. He went over there and there was nobody there and he asked the lady who was setting the appointments and she said, nobody's come in in the last few minutes. 
So especially not a little old lady. He even asked the people sitting on the bench outside the beauty salon. They said, no, we didn't see anybody come by. Other cashiers at the time told me that they had also heard their names being called at different times. Workers in the back said they had heard the little girl laughing and giggling. So I don't know if they actually had a ghost or maybe it was just mass hysteria or something I just can't explain. It was one of those, some of those mysterious moments that I talk about. This is a story that happened to me a few months ago. And I'll just let it play out to let you hear what happened. This is called Eerie Road Trip. I want to tell you a story about a road trip I took with a friend of mine. We had driven up into Central Texas to Brenham, Texas, where I had gone to junior college years ago. We went for a football game and a, a small reunion. That meant that we would be on the road late after the football game Saturday night. So as we got on the road from Brenham, it was about 10 p.m. And the road to Giddings, U.S. Highway 290, uh, was going to take us 30 to 45 minutes to get down that road to Giddings to where we would turn south and go towards San Antonio. As this is muchly rural area, uh, there are not a whole lot of lights along the highway, no street lights at all. And just every now and then there will be a, a, a billboard sign or a uh, a business sign but not much other than that I passed a little red car on the driver's side and as I looked it looked like his entire driver's area was lit up by a white light and I could see the guy's arm in the window the pleasant night so he had his windows down and I saw what looked to be a Hispanic or maybe Arabic male uh, due to a skin color, uh, a darker fellow, and um, he had thick black hair, and he had not quite Elvis sideburns, but I couldn't really see much else about him other than he had a, like a white shirt on, white western style shirt on. I, I pulled on by him, and as I got even with him, I kind of looked over, and he had morphed into this short round-headed, squat, ghoulish-looking critter that was greenish-grayish-blue in color. Well, I went on ahead and pulled around him and got out in front of him and thought that was that. Well, I look in the rear view a little bit later. He's coming up behind me at full speed and passes me on, the dri on my driver's side, and I can't see him inside the car because it's it, you know different perspective he gets on ahead of me and then he slows down well i pass him on the left again and i look over and i see the same thing tall dark-skinned fellow morphs down into little ghoul driving the car well this happened three or four times in the distance between Giddings and, and brenham and 
as I was pulling into Giddings, he was coming up fast on me again. Well, I pulled into a, a convenience store to get some coffee, and I got out of the car, and I was watching. He never passed the station. So I don't know what happened. I'm not quite sure what was going on, whether it was just tricks of the light, or if I had an unusual encounter on the highway. My friend was asleep the entire time, so he didn't know anything about it. But it was really weird that this guy would would do the yo-yo passing, you know, go up, slow down, go up, slow down. And he was changing every time I passed him. So I'm not quite sure how to describe this one. It is just an eerie encounter. So maybe something happens on that highway late at night. Who knows? This next story I call the night encounter or the night visitor happened when I was still living at home. I was a, a young teenager when it happened, so give it a listen. In June of 1972, my father passed away from a heart attack. In January of 1973, my brother died. He was 21. The summer of 1973, I was too young to go running around with my other two brothers who still lived at home and they were out on this particular night and I had gone to bed somewhere around midnight. I, in fact, while I was laying there, I was looking out the window, just looking up at the stars, beautiful summer night and I heard the clock strike midnight and I lay there and I had my radio on, I was listening quietly to some music and all of a sudden I felt someone walk into my room and just stand in the doorway. Now this is a creepy enough house to where I'm not going to turn around and just check it out. I think if it had been my mother just walking around she would have turned on some lights. My brothers were not home yet because I could see the driveway where they would park. They were not there. So I lay there and just kept staring out the window. And then I heard the clock strike one. And I lay there still realizing this person was standing in my room. And I heard the clock strike two. And finally, in the two o'clock hour, I fell asleep from stress. You know, I was I was just so stressed out that I went to sleep. The next morning I woke up and my mother the day before had ironed some blue jeans and had laid them in a chair that was situated at the foot of my bed. So they were neatly pressed. And I got up and as I walked by the chair, I looked down and had to stop because there was an impression that someone had been sitting on my jeans because they were no longer flat pressed. They were wrinkled as though someone had sat on them. So I'm not sure who or what that was that was standing in my doorway. Again, if it would have been my mother, I would have heard her radio when she opened her door because she kept it on all night and she would have turned the light on and I'm assuming that my brothers got home after 
after three o'clock because it was a Saturday night. They would have been out at a dance or something. So. This next story is not something that happened to me. It's a story that I read back when I was in school. So it's over 40 years ago, but it stuck with me because of the oddness of the story. And I'm gonna go ahead and read it. And that'll be the last story of the evening. This is a story called The Whistle. A South Carolina woman lived on a remote farm with her dog. She kept hearing and was startled by a strange, unnatural whistling sound coming from somewhere in the neighboring woods. The whistle seemed to be coming closer every time she heard it, and the high pitch of the sound disturbed her pet terrier. One evening the noise returned, slowly approaching from the woods and circling the house. It was so loud and frightening that she bolted the door, leaving her dog barking hysterically on the back porch. She gets her late husband's gun and cowers in the house as the sound goes round and round outside. Finally, falling asleep from the stress of the terror she is experiencing, she awoke the next morning to silence. She cautiously unlocked the door to the back porch and was greeted by a horrific scene. The porch is splattered with blood and her little terrier is missing. What was the source of the whistle? And what happened to the dog? Nobody ever found out. Well, that's the show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, they were reruns, but maybe some of you hadn't heard them before. I thank you for listening to the show. You can contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. I would love to hear your comments. I would love to hear your stories. Anything you want to share, I can do for you. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you had a happy Halloween. Thanks a lot. See you next week.